Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to what I believe is episode 115 of Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze. I am your host, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, and joining us now, Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent, Double B, Bobby Blaze. What's happening, Bobby? Hey, man, I'm doing all right, I think, Professor. I tell you, man, Brother May was in town doing a tent revival the other day. Uh Uh-huh. And, um, yeah, I hadn't seen Brother May for a while. I thought, thought, you know, I'll just go sit in the back, check out his act. You know, I mean, uh, check out his preaching, his sermon, hear what he has to say. And uh, at the end, I kind of got wrapped up in it. I'm not going to lie. He started healing a few people, you know. So I laid on the hands and all that. And I thought, well, man, I better go up there and just let him lay his hands on me. So I said, hey, Brother May, it's good to see you again. I said, I just want to know if you can maybe um, help me with my hearing. Well, man, he grabbed me by the head. I didn't know if he was going to headbutt me or what, but he grabbed me by the head and he started speaking in tongues, letting out all kinds. Then he grabbed me by the ears, and I didn't know if he was going to face fuck me or what, but he had me by the ears and he was just praying for my hearing, you know. Uh, I got out of there. Everything went all right, you know. And then uh, a couple of days later, he was still in town. I guess he needed supplies or whatever. He ran into me. He said, Hey, Brother Bob, he said, how's your hearing? I said, hell, I don't know. I don't go to court till Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm here. I'm Double B. Bobby Blaze is on the mic with you. And I know we got a guest, Jeremy. We do have a guest this week from Wide Men Can't Jump. And uh, we'll go, what do you do, Nate? Do you do color or play-by-play when you do wrestling matches? Uh, uh, usually color. And uh, we got a radio show over there in the West Virginia area, I believe. Yes, sir. Uh, generally a, a sports calling, sports watching, wrestling loving, uh, dog owning, zookeeper. <laughs> <laughs> we got Nate from Wide Men Can Jump. Yeah, Appreciate you guys uh, having me on. I uh, really do. You know, I was going to say uh, I've been listening to the show from the beginning, so it's great to be on. And I was I was doing really great the other day, and then I got a call from uh, my cousin, and mm-hmm. she was telling me about how she had met this really great guy, and he had helped her out so much. But then he just kind of bailed on her at the food pantry, and we don't know what <laughs> happened there. <laughs> That little snavitz. Yeah. Damn her. Uh, Bob, I know you're out there. (laughs) Uh, No. Uh, Nate, can you figure out why I gave her the name Sue Bob by chance? Uh, I mean, Uh, it's it's as good as name as any around here in West Virginia. Exactly. (laughs) Especially in Boone. Oh, I'd be lying. I'd be lying if I said I didn't know a couple of Sue Bobs. Oh, man. That's it, man. So, uh, anyway, yeah. And also, let me add this, Professor. And I know you all speak off the air sometimes, but I've had the pleasure to be around Nate in person Mm -hmm. quite a few times. And um, he's an all-around good guy, too, just so you know. All-around good guy, man. we got to do that burger place uh, one day and uh, have a beer together, Nate. Absolutely. I can't the burger-based place up there in Charleston, but we'll get to it one day, man. Yeah, I man. I know we always I'm... do the Quaker, Quaker, Lake Lou, Quaker State and Lube, what we always do. Oh, yeah. Love me some yeah. Quaker Steak. Get them wings. Oh, man. Well, what's been going on, Nate? You know, just uh, staying busy. You know, uh, got enough on my plate because, you know, Jeremy rattled off all the sports commentaries and, like, you know, basketball season just ended uh, for high school. So my calendar cleared up quite a bit. 
because uh, not only is it wrestling commentary, I do I do basketball, baseball, football for local and high schools, and uh, for the radio down here. And I've been doing some MMA commentary. I uh, did a, a pay per view for a local MMA group not too long ago, and Colin Wrestling, of course, been doing All Star Wrestling for. Years and years now, I, I don't even remember how many years I've been doing it, and just recently started doing uh, Battleground Wrestling as well, uh, doing some commentary for them, and I'm also writing for um, a magazine, or I guess it's a magazine, website called The Game Day, doing some sports writing here and there, and uh, of course, Jeremy mentioned the radio show, we do a, a wrestling radio show once a month that... Um, you know, we put out over on, you know, on actual like FM, not just podcasting. Yeah. Wow. We put out on FM radio and, uh, yeah, just trying to keep, man, wrestling around here because where I live, wrestling is a big deal. Like it, it used to be a big deal back in the, especially the, you know, the Georgia days and, and Crockett and, and things like that. And we try to keep that little spirit alive. Of course, we talk more modern stuff now. Um, but, you know, we get a lot of listeners that'll call in and say, hey, you know, once you you know we, we want to hear some more about Dusty Rhodes. We want to hear some more about Tommy Rich and and, and people like that in this area for sure. You know, guys, I got a I got a little confession. It's it's something I just discovered the other day, right? But uh, Friday night, very often, I'll get my grandson and watch him while my son's at work. Okay, and then my son will come over about midnight, and we'll usually sit up, have a couple beers, either watch some wrestling or listen to some music, and then um, you know just kind of hang out for a bit. So the other night he's there and we're going through some stuff and he goes, you know, I've never really seen a Dusty Rhodes match. I'm thinking, fuck, how did that happen? You know? (laughs) (laughs) And uh, so we tried to find some and all that stuff looks like since uh, the WWE network and all that's hit, all those old matches are not as available on YouTube as they used to be. I was a little, little stunned by that. We managed to find like superstar Billy Graham versus Dusty, which those were great. So I didn't mind yeah. picking those up. I showed him the hard times, uh, um, promo, which, yeah, promo, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, which you gotta see, you know. And what's weird is like Micah is like steeped in pro wrestling history and lore. Like he knows all this shit. Like, he was telling me a story about being downtown here one of the nights they were doing wrestling in a nightclub and he was having a beer, you know, sitting next to a guy talking to him and he got up and left. He realized it was Mustafa Saeed. And oh, wow. Yeah. And I'm like, well, first off, how the fuck do you know who Mustafa Saeed is? Cause I know we never let you watch that shit when you were a kid, you know, <laughs> but it's just that thing that he's been around so much of it and he's gone to these shows and set up rings and met all these guys. And he's just, you know, he knows who these people are. And that's when I was stunned that I'd never really shown him Dusty Rhodes. Yeah, I was told as a kid that my dad looked like Dusty Rhodes a lot. So (laughs) I got a dose of Dusty a lot. Second Uh, most recognizable athlete. Yes, of course. Jeremy's got a brother named after Dusty. Yep. Wow. There you go. 
Yeah. Um, if I can, let me give a shout out to FTC. Mm-hmm. I got out of the house and went to the show the other night on a Friday. In fact, I got a text from Nate that said he he loved the stripper story, <laughs> and I showed it to Shane Storm. I said, "Look what Nate texted me," and, and uh, um, in a locker room there, Nate. Just so you know, that's who I showed it to. Yeah, I love but, Shane. Uh, man, the show from oh, I do too. Yeah, uh, we'll talk about that later on. Something upcoming with Shane. Um, but yeah, the uh, FTC ran a show. Uh, good crowd. Um, it was uh, a a try to set out the building kind of thing, but it was a really good, you know, good event for the amount of people that were permitted into the building. Um, matches from top to bottom were excellent. I mean, I'm telling you, they didn't have one bad match on the card. Uh, the students really stepped up from the FTC school, of uh, the Art of Grappling School. I'm really proud for them. I'm not going to mention anyone's individual's name because I'd leave someone out, but they uh, – they done really good. Some uh, from a couple lighter guys to a couple girls to a couple of bigger guys. I mean, it filled the card good. Um, a couple names I will mention. I just mentioned Shane Storm and uh, Nate. I got to mention this one for uh, for Jeremy, and that was a uh, uh, Jock Sampson was there. Oh uh, yeah. So you know, Jeremy. Oh boy. <laughs> but, uh, uh, half loudmouth will travel, I guess. There you go. And uh, him and Casey King. Um, had a pretty good little brawl going back and forth there. Um, but also I wanted to mention on May the 29th on a Saturday at 10 a.m. at the School of the Art of Grappling, um, Melina's coming in to do a seminar from 10 until whenever. I uh, imagine it'll be about three or four-hour seminar. And um, we're glad to have her coming in. Jillian Hall is one of the instructors as well, my, as, well as myself and the owner Joe Pace is uh, putting this thing together for the students. It's $20 if you're already a student of the School of Art of Grappling, or it's $40 if you're a professional wrestler that just wants to come and, uh, you know, maybe get some more experience or come to a seminar. And I always advise people, these young wrestlers, get as much training as you can, go to everyone's seminar as you can. Um, you're helping support and fellow wrestlers, but also you're, you're advancing your career when you go to one of these. And that goes for anyone. I'm not just, not just this one. Um, that way you can learn from different people. I know they had Tom Pritchard in, Dr. Tom Pritchard in uh, a few months back at a seminar in West Virginia, and um, several of the guys around here went to it. So uh, just good stuff, man, you know, um, uh, that is happening, Nate, that, we're yeah. gonna, that I actually got back out to an event, man. And um, um, I went back up in the balcony. I was in the crow's nest, and I, I just watched a lot of matches. Uh, I, kind of by myself, a couple guys come back and knew I was up there and said hi, and, but I'm telling you, um, after a year and a half of this shit that's going on, 19 months, whatever it's been, and I hadn't been to a show, I think a couple months prior to that, um, I have to say, man, uh, it, it was really good just to get the hell out of the house and to go to something I really enjoyed. I didn't want to know the finishes or anything. Um, I, I just really enjoyed the show. Um, as a wrestling fan and of course being in the locker room i enjoyed it as being one of the boys getting to to talk to the house uh to the you know guys and girls in the back so uh good stuff man maybe things are changing you know yeah uh, we'll, see. we'll see yeah you know i um i finally i got out of the house yesterday i actually went to a bar and had a couple drinks with a friend of mine good for you um which is weird after all this time and not of not doing that right yeah. So, Bobby, how are you? Because I know you're pretty, you're pretty solid about wearing your mask all the time. How how are you handling being out in public these days? Well, I still wear my mask. I wore it over there. I took it off a couple times uh, for a couple pictures. 
Um, I actually went, believe it or not, this morning, um, I went to uh, have a coffee. I don't drink coffee. I'm off the caffeine for almost two years now, man. It just, it makes me a bit bright, might nervous. <laughs> but anyway, um, I, I, I'd i done something else I hadn't done for a while. I had to be a chocolate milk and a donut. <laughs> probably, you know, uh, but um, I don't eat much sweets. But I had that after I had my meal. Um, and I sit down at a restaurant, uh, uh, Tim Horton's. A shout out to Tim up there in Canada. You better not leave him out, Nate. Oh, God. You're wide men. He'll get well, you telling me. Mention his name. But uh, no, I went to Tim Horton's and um, uh, took my mask off while I ate, you know, and um, I'm good so far, man. You know, we'll just, I, I felt naked, you know, honestly. I felt like, what's it's, missing here, you know? It's weird, uh, huh? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, um, let's see. I'm going to wear it. I'm gonna still continue to wear mine for for a while longer. Like I said, we were in there just having a uh, you know coffee donut, what have you. Uh, three other people were way across on the other side of the restaurant. It wasn't very crowded at all. Uh, three staff people were thaws in there, so I felt comfortable. You know, so not gonna be that big a freak about it. But uh, you know, if I go to a show or what have you, um, I'll probably still wear one for a little while longer. You know, yeah, that's I mean, you know, I, yesterday I had one in my pocket, but I didn't really wear it. Yeah, because, um, you know, everybody's got even though California, quote unquote, hasn't lifted our mask mandate, yeah. the CDC's put out that rules and everybody's just kind of leapfrogged. You know, if you're vaccinated, fuck it. And I kind of feel that's how we probably should have treated it in the first place. Like if you're vaccinated, you Unless you're on a bus or a train or a plane, you can pretty much yeah. go back to normal. Everybody else, stay in your basement until you get vaccinated. Yeah. You know, we, um, Nate, I know I talked to people from West Virginia and the um, uh, Ohio the other day because there's been a couple of changes up here. Now in Kentucky, uh, we're making a few changes uh, to the bars and restaurants open up capacity after the uh, Memorial Day weekend, but they're asking everyone to still. Um, Especially you got doing, you know, a doctor's office, hospitals, public transportation, et cetera. But up until I think the goal here is to wear your mask until like June 16th, I think is when he's uh, the governor here's asked us to, to do that. So the, the governor here see. lifted the mandate the other day. Um, that was on Friday, I think, wasn't it? Yeah, he, he said in a locker room. Yeah. Yeah. He had Ohio and Kentucky and Jock had opened his mouth about it. Of course he <laughs> so. did. Uh, <laughs> Well, he was saying something about justice being more uh, liberal or something than DeWine or vice versa, and I don't know who I don't who, I don't know who said what. But I, I do know that um, that we have the uh, the mass mandates lifted here. But I know a lot of companies are still mandating you wear them. I know Kroger was one. They said we don't care what you know the CDC says. We're still going to require the mask. Yeah. So again. Um, it, it's not a bad idea. I mean, if you wear one, it's not the worst thing in the world. If you're vaccinated, it's just like, hey, cool. You know, why not? Um, don't live with it on. Like, don't have it cemented on your face. But you know what? It, it's okay to wear one if you're in the grocery store or, or running around or around Jock Sampson. So, <laughs> well, you know, up here, I'm running around about exit 28 up there at the adult bookstore there in Milton. I wonder if it's put one on if I go in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was wearing those when I turned 18, went in there. <laughs> there you so. go, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's, that's um, rough. But I did see something from that show, Bobby, I wanted to bring up because we had something similar happen on our end uh, during the ASW event. 
um, I saw pictures of from the SW event, Jimmy Hart and Jillian Hall from the FTC event. Mm-hmm. You know, these are two well-known names, and they were helping with setup and teardown. Like I saw, you know, I, I got there with you know to set up, and Jimmy Hart is setting out chairs. Yeah, um, Shane had told me. Yeah, and then Jillian, I saw her, you know, putting chairs up, and yep. to me, that's just that, that shows the level of professional that some of these, you know, stars exude. Because you know, Jimmy Hart, he doesn't have to do that. Jillian Hall right, doesn't have right. to do that, but they did. And I just thought that was really cool to see, um, just leading by example. So I don't know Jimmy Hart, but everything I've ever seen from or heard about him, it seems to me like if you don't let him set up chairs, he's going to end up crawling the fucking walls and being on the ceiling or something. It's better to go ahead and let yeah. him do what he wants to do because yeah, he ain't slowing down. I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy's like the nicest dude in the world. Yeah. He really is. And if he is at 78 years old, just the biggest barrel of energy. So you're right on that. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were telling Jimmy, he's like, you know, Jimmy, you don't have to do that. And he was insisting. He's like, no, I love doing stuff like this. You know, I, I like to help. I like to, yeah, to be involved. He wants to stay busy. Uh, up in, uh, we used to do the out Wayne, that Wayne Fest out there. <laughs> and, uh, we had him in. And that, that's, a, Charles, that's a West Virginia phrase right there, yeah, out Wayne. Out Wayne. <laughs> There's two 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 counties, 55 counties in West Virginia, and, and two of them start Vo Owsley and Out Wayne. <laughs> um, but no, he uh, he does that, and I have to say, Jillian Hall has been very very professional in helping these students, and and uh, she helped book that show the other day, and 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 did an excellent job in the back, and did an excellent job with the students, and then um, afterwards, yes, they were uh, she was out there with the crew. Um, putting chairs, putting chairs up, man. Shane Storm brought it to my attention. So, um, yeah, that's um, just the level of commitment. I know, and I'm not patting myself on the back, but uh, I got to the gym one day and I just got up in the ring and was going to sweep it out. And someone yelled, "Hey, you don't have to do it." I said, "I know I don't have to, and I'm not doing it, telling you all that just to say I do that stuff." Dude, I I had to, I felt the connection, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. there was only a couple of people there and I knew they needed to tighten the ring ropes and, and, um, sweep the, you know, you know, the thing when you go to train, you, you tighten your ropes back up and you sweep it out. And hell, I didn't think anyone was going to even, you know, notice. And a couple of guys said something and I was like, and, and Jillian, they were, you know, I was, I was in there sweeping the ring because I wanted something to do while they were, I don't do the, calisthenics and all the stuff like they do, you know, once yeah. they start, but I wanted to have that ring ready for them. Um, just out of respect, because that's, that's, that's your, dojo, <laughs> that's your home, you know, um, and I didn't do it. So someone would say, Oh, you know, yeah, I saw him sweeping the ring out. Uh, just like I'm sure Jimmy didn't do it. So someone could say, Oh, he's, he's picking, he's putting chairs out. I'm sure Jillian didn't do it. Hoping someone take a picture going, look at her. She's picking chairs up. No, it's just a respect thing. It's just the respect in professional wrestling. Um, these young people do see, uh, veterans doing that kind of stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, and, uh, showing that they do have, uh, discipline and dedication back, giving back to the business. I talked to uh, chance profit the other day, um, uh, after the show, man. And, uh, you know, he's got his own school and he runs, runs shows and he works your all shows. He works independently around here. And it's just one of those things where, um, I told him, I said, man, you know, 
you give back to this business a lot that doesn't go unnoticed and i appreciate you and um, we both had a couple words like that just you know veterans talking in private and um and it meant a lot to him i think coming from me um not not it was it was just a very mutual respectful conversation that i that i appreciated and all kidding aside uh Jock Sampson and I, we spoke, um, we met um, at a JT uh, lightning show in Cleveland, Ohio in July of 2010 when JT's uh, cancer was in remission. Mm-hmm. And, uh, man, he said, hey, he, he started yelling at his partner, hey, this is Bobby Blaze, this guy at Train Chain Storm and, and Death Falcon Zero. And he started introducing me to a couple of the younger guys there, and uh, we just kind of hit it off from right right there on. All because, like I told him Friday, I pulled him to the side, and we, he says because of the respect thing. You know, it's just he, he respected the business and the veterans and things. And um, uh, it was really cool to um, to make that connection and make a friend um, that I can work with and bullshit around with and shoot with and not take it personal, you know, oh, yeah. um, which is, uh, I'm going to give you a, uh, 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 feed you here something, Nate, just so you know. Um, so when I went to Cleveland on that show, which has been what going on 11 years ago now and met jock, um, uh, and this is going to lead you somewhere too. Jeremy, just okay. so you know what the name will mention, but uh, I was caught up there. JT was a dear friend of mine outside the wrestling business as well as inside. He's one of the few people that really, um, you formed, I formed a friendship with, you know, outside the ring, um, outside a locker room. And, um, I had met JT when he was about 135 pounds and we was doing an independent show way up in uh, Detroit, Michigan. And, um, he hadn't even ran his own shows yet or anything and and he was like a you know just a bobby blaze mark at that time he said that's what he told me like okay you know but because he watched smoky mountain wrestling and that's all good and well but anyway the show i went up to um i knew he had been very sick i knew he's in remission and you know i knew things may take a turn for the worse what they did but that show the main event was uh tracy's mother rest in peace so there's you one Jeremy, for what you're doing. And then he was wrestling Jerry the King Lawler. And I'm leaving you view that way, uh, Nate, where we're going with that. And then I was a special guest referee. And, um, man, it was just uh, very, very cool um, to do. But that's the show I had met Jock on. And I thought that would be a great segue for both of you for kind of, um, Nate, something you and I are going to be involved in. And hopefully the professor, we'll see. Uh, I'll leave that to you. And then, Jeremy, something you were going to bring up, um, and we'll roll into that with the uh, SMW stuff with mentioning Tracy's name. So take it from here. I'm going to have me a quick drink of water and um, fill in the gaps there what I was hitting at for both of you. Oh, sure. Well, I'll go ahead and kind of take the lead. Um, Friday, let's see, I believe both of you guys contacted me, uh, if I'm not mistaken, to let me know that news was out that uh, New Jack had passed away. Um, you know, 58, a heart attack. Now I've had a heart attack, so I'm definitely sympathetic. You know, I had one when I was 43. Um, but later that night or Saturday, I can't remember which day it was. I had seen a story that Lance Storm kind of referenced and wrote on about on Twitter, just about how many people basically from the class of Smoky Mountain Wrestling had passed away and, you know, then or in the meantime. And it's kind of a lengthy list. And Bobby, you were there. So first off, can I get your thoughts on New Jack? Yeah. Um, sometimes I feel like um, 
I was told, actually, uh, right before I was leaving the building, someone came up to me and told me, and I just was like, okay, I know I got a couple of promos to do before I leave, and I'm going to get the hell out of here. When something like that happened, it hits me hard. But also, I'm like, you know, um, the nature of the business, that's just the way it is, and I'm almost callous to it, and I and I hate that, okay? I hate that feeling. And then sometimes I feel like I'm a um, um, survivor's victim guilt, maybe, sometimes, sure. honestly. I do. I do. That hits me a lot from the guys in Smoky Mountain and guys in WCW, and this guy's in the business that I've met. But um, So I'm going to keep this light with New Jack. Um, he and I got along fine. Uh, no heat anywhere, nothing like that. I worked with him a few times. Um, one of the things that got me, and it, it, it came back on one of his interviews later on, it may have been on the dark side of the ring. Um, we were in Knoxville one night. We were going to be in my hometown the next. And he came up to me. I knew he rode, he had a, uh, a Corvette. And I knew he was getting paid, you no know, decent Smoky Mountain and stuff. But he said, hey, Bobby, uh, I borrowed $30. And I, and I was just getting ready to leave the building, and I was like, you know, I, I know I had some money on me from gimmicks and this and that. Plus, I knew I was going home to my hometown, uh, no hotel, just gas, and then I would be running my own town the next day, so I'd have money coming in again. The worst thing I can do is lose 30 bucks if the guy doesn't pay me back. You know? Yeah. But I thought two things. I thought, well, maybe the guy wants to get him uh, some weed or some other party uh, pleasantries or whatever. Or maybe we don't get paid till Monday, May, and this was on a, a Friday. I said, maybe he just needs some gas money to get to town. I don't know. It's not for me to judge, you know. Mm-hmm. So I gave the guy 30 bucks, and I said, you know, and this way I am. I, I tell a guy, if he said, I'm going to pay you more, I said, you know what you do? I said, you get me when you get me. You know, that's the way I feel. It's 30 bucks. It's not $3,000. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, you know, Jack, just get me when you get me. And uh, the next day, he came right to me and handed me 30 bucks shook my hand and um i later found out he had tried to test guys like that to see if they would or they wouldn't and i'm glad i gave it to him man you know if that's one of his little things he had to do to you know to see if they was over with him or whatever you know um but yeah something he just pulled on people i guess to uh i don't know, maybe get a little bit of a dominant position just to see you know um if if you know this guy's gonna give it to me or not yeah. i did i had no problem about it so uh, with that said, I don't know which match it was because I actually wrestled uh, New Jack, Mustafa, and um, D'Lo in uh, six-man tags, and I did it once with uh, the Rock and Roll Express. It was me and Ricky and Robert uh, against the gangsters uh, here in Ashland. And then uh, the other one was, uh, this was really hot, man. Uh, it was me and the Heavenly Bodies against the gangsters. And, uh, man, both matches were over because, uh, you know, I was, I was over in my hometown as a baby face. And um, those guys, I mean, the fucking Heavenly Bodies and Rock and Roll Express, of course, were over. And the matches were easy. Everyone has done a spot with each of them. Uh, Mustafa could actually wrestle some, too, by the way. Uh, Gene Anderson had had a little bit of hand in his training, him and Nelson Royal, because I had wrestled him in a singles when New Jack hadn't showed up a couple times towards the end of the run there for the gangsters. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Nothing. I have nothing bad to say about New Jack, man. Um, other than, <clears throat> you know, him doing him, it's not bad. I'm just saying him doing him crazy bumps and stuff at ECW and, and, uh, the, the, the mass transit deal and the, 
the deal of Gypsy Joe and all that. Hey, that's that's his deal, man. That's not stuff I'm into. You know what I'm saying? But um, <laughs> hey, that's what they was into. So that's fine. But as far as man to man, Jack and I were good. And um, I just think it's uh, and I'm that age, so I hate to hear another uh, professional wrestler, especially someone I had personal contacts with. Um, hadn't seen him for quite a while, but still personal contacts with back in the day. Uh, you know, my heart goes out to his wife and his kids and his family. And, um, it's one of those things that, uh, sadly it happens, you know, but, um, I'm keep my memories good of new Jack, man. Cause I got along with them fine. And as I treat people, uh, I try to teach people how I want to be treated and I treat them how they teach me, you know, saying it's that golden rule thing. So, um, Got along with them fine and worked with them, and I hate to hear about us passing, but um, that's just kind of my memories of good memories that, you know, we shared the ring together. No one got crazy, no one got bladed, and everyone got paid. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, so SMW, I've always, because I didn't really get to see it. I've seen more of it later, you know, because I, I didn't really pay attention, but it kind of was a throwback uh, promotion back in its time. So the people that were there were there because they loved old school wrestling. Or because they got a payday, right? I mean, that was kind of the two reasons to be there. Yeah, I mean, um, that, that that was the yeah. impression I always got. I mean, Bobby would know better than I. Uh, it, it was a good territory to work. I tried for nine months to get there before I even got my tryout match. Yeah. Um, and, and it ended up being a really, really good territory. I could be home a couple, three nights a week and, um, you know, go on the road for three or four nights a week. Um, but it was funny be, booked for and it, it was funny because Knoxville Knoxville back in you know the 70s when it was you know southeastern or yeah. continental you know because they were they were the fullers were involved there a lot yeah uh, and there's a shot for you uh they were mm-hmm. involved there and it was a good territory back then it's just whenever I think there the split had happened. With, with all the guys that threatened to expose the business, you know, uh, there was a lot of guys involved in all that. Um, and the Knoxville territory was just dead just because it had been through the wrestling wars. I believe that was the, one of the original incarnations of all-star wrestling had broke off from that, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. from Southeastern. And then the whole issue was in Knoxville, Cornette had the great idea, you know, Hey, this was a day trip territory. You could spend all day down in the Smokies. You can, it's a tourist attraction down just South of uh, Johnson city down into pigeon forge Gatlinburg. And Cornette just has this great idea. And it's just like, Hey, let's open Knoxville back up. And you know, it's what hour and a half up to Pikeville. You can hit up into, and, and the farthest trip, Bobby, if I'm not mistaken, what would Beckley probably, um, you know, regular trip, yeah, that's about, uh, what is that, three and a half hours, I think. Uh, Roughly. Almost four, um, with a couple of tolls in there. But the, uh, the longest trips for me, uh, when you come out of Knoxville, um, we went to, um, uh, had a couple of shows in Marietta, Georgia, which were not regular shots, but that's that's only like four and a half hours. Yeah. And then uh, we done the show over in Charlotte, which, again, is from Knoxville, uh, you know, what uh, – three and a half, four hours. 
Um, so my longest trips were six hours only because maybe I had left Ashland to head, you know, towards Knoxville or wherever. But when I stayed in Knoxville, yeah, you got Johnson city, uh, Barbersville, Kentucky and Morristown, Tennessee, those four main towns right there, throw in Hazard, Kentucky, that's, you know, uh, 90 to 110 miles away, I think, uh, Corbin and some of those towns. And then you got those surrounding towns in the Knoxville area, like you said, Pigeon Forge, Sevierville and all that. Uh, they ran some spot shows in. Um, they ran Cookville out there towards mid uh, the middle of Tennessee a couple of times, but that was rare, you know. Um, so, yeah, it was a day, you know, you could leave later in the day, get to the matches hour, two hours beforehand if you needed to, and um, get you a good – if you didn't stay in Knoxville, which I mostly stayed in Knoxville, um, you could still get a good head start, though, on the next town or go to the next town if you wanted to go to, say, Johnson City the next day. And be in that town, you could be in your room by, oh, 12, 30 or 1 and sleep in the next day and, and already be in town, you know. So, yeah, uh, great, great um, uh, traveling – day traveling territory. Not a lot of long trips. Four and a half hours – probably would be your your longest like you said other than they throw in some different towns here and there yeah but a good territory and good fans and i have to say man and i know jeremy's gonna have bring up some of these some of these people's names i want to say this the morale in the locker room at smoky mountain wrestling was excellent i mean it, it really was everyone for the most part and i'm not saying shit didn't happen you've grown men things come up we don't have to get into all that. Some of you know some of the history of, you know, you both do about some of the stuff that went on backstage. But for the most part, really, the morale was really good in the locker room um, from the time I got there until the time they shut down. Yeah. Um, I'm going to read this real quick. This was uh, Lance Storm wrote this. Yeah, this uh, is good. I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to paraphrase. I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm going to kind of go to the third the third block here. Okay. Um. But, you know, he starts off the, you know, uh, one of his peers died, uh, New Jack, Jerome Young. Um, then you go down a couple lines. He says, SMW is not a big crew. And thinking back to my time there with Jack, I realize now just how many are no longer with us and died far too soon. Rex King, Steve Dahl, Jimmy Del Rey, New Jack, Chris Candido, Bruiser Bedlam, Tracy Smothers, Balls Mahoney, and Brian Hildebrand. That is the only time I've ever seen anybody say Brian Hildebrand and not bring up Mark Curtis in my life right there. Um, Bobby, that's quite a few people who are fairly young uh, to to have lost that many. Um, and I just just I don't want to get dark with it. Just kind of what are what, what are your feelings? What are your thoughts? I mean, is that a, is that something avoidable? Is this just the way shit happens? I think it's just the way things happen. I really do. Um, and I'll have to say. Um, it hurts my heart hearing all that. Um, just a few weeks ago when I got the Candido book in, um, the, I realized that, um, how, I didn't realize how much I'd missed Tracy Smothers just to the last, last two or three weeks. I mean, it hit me and I just let it numb me for a while. Yeah. Tracy, Tracy and I were really, really close and, um, that hit me pretty hard and then I was written, and I, you know, Ken, Chris was young when I knew him, and um, uh, Brian had actually reached out to me uh, once. Uh, of course, he was in WCW with me as well, um, and I missed his call, and I hated that because I know it was one of his last calls. 
Um, yeah, uh, Mike Mills reached out to me when Tracy passed away. And it's, I can't remember the exact text. I saved it, but it's just one of those things where it was, it's fun to have you on the show, Bobby. And we're going to have Mike on in the future too, by the way, from booking the territory for all you wrestling fans out there. But, um, he reached me, you know, via text on my phone. We've exchanged numbers just like Nate and I have, and you and I have Jeremy. Yeah. Um, and it's more personal, you know, that way when you, you know, oh, I got a message on, and you know, I'm not on Facebook, but I'm just saying, oh, I got a message on Facebook. Well, you know, this is personal and, and mike just said man i just want to make sure you're all right man because we're losing too many of you i can't handle this you know yeah and um i was like no nah, i'm good mike you know i appreciate that and um um yeah to me it's um that's that's a lot of people man and i worked with each and every one of those people in some capacity uh lance and and a bunch of uh house show um battle royal type situations you know um him and Chris came here and, and worked in my hometown. I didn't realize how many times that I had brought Smoky Mountain in here um, to Ashland until I started looking back through it. And I want to put this out there, a little bit off topic, but real real quickly. I had um, three chances at the NWA title, and I kind of brought that up before. I, that just blows me away. One of them was against Chris Candido here in my hometown before he jumped into uh, – WWF at the time, and then I wrestled Severn in Charlotte and Severn in Knoxville when he had a title. I, that just blows me away. Sometimes I don't, you know, I just let someone say, oh, don't you realize you've done this? I do, but I just like, eh, too modest about it, you know. Yeah. I mean, um, but with these uh, deaths, I know this is serious. I don't want to get to a dark spot, but it, it does hit you, man, sometimes, and um, um, some more than others, and uh, – uh, here recently, I just was like, I've seen some pictures of uh, Tracy, and I was like, man, that that would hit me pretty hard, you know. Um, not to try to overshadow the one with New Jack. Uh, when when I was told uh, the other evening, like I said, I had like two promos I needed to do, and um, I knew I wasn't going to go out and hang out with the crew afterwards. I, I I had I'm ten minutes from the town, and I was like, I'm. I'm going home after a show because that for me to be out that long was fucking long enough for me. Believe me. Sure. And um, man, I when they whispered in my ear, they didn't tell anyone else. The person that told me, and um, I just I just went numb, man. You know, I just I just kind of went numb to be honest with you. Come home, sit down, and um, just kind of you know done a little reflection and sent out a couple of texts. You being one of them, and. Uh, I thought, man, I'll just talk about it briefly on the show on Sunday, you know, when we start recording. But, um, man, I didn't realize. Until, and I just saw that um, deal by um, Lance uh, last night, actually. I saw it pop up on my Twitter uh, feed. And I was like, damn, that's a lot of guys, man. Yeah. Um, so it's a lot of names, and, that's for sure. And there was a couple guys that came in that um, – did TVs for us before they went to WCW and they've passed away as well. Um, that, that were through Smoky mountain. Um, so, well, I'm going to, I'm going to bring some levity real quick. First off, I just want to say Lance storm, I think is, 
second to maybe only Dean Malenko in as, as far as in-ring ability went. I, he was just incredible to watch. Um, I'd love to interview him sometime, but because he's a huge Corner Gas fan more than because of his wrestling career. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, your time then. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> well, see, Bobby, you just need to watch Corner Gas. That's, I mean, that's what it no, comes I down know. to. Yeah. I watched two episodes uh, way, <laughs> way back when, man, and I know you and um, – uh, not Adam. Who? Uh, Sean. Uh, Sean. Yeah. Sean. Yeah. So um, I know he likes it. Yeah. So one of the first things I came across was somebody reposted a picture from New Jack's Instagram, and it's a picture of him and Brooke Hogan, and it says Hulk Hogan. <laughs> yeah. <I saw> that. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I saw that. That's what. Uh, and then another one was I saw I saw somebody, and it's you know it's there's that meme of the Undertaker standing behind AJ Styles. Yeah. Yes, yes, and yeah. it's that picture, and on AJ Styles it says "Mass Transit in Heaven," yeah. and then on the Undertaker it just yeah. says "New Jack." That's pretty good, man. That one, that one kind of made yeah. me laugh. Yeah. The I only New Jack those. story I've got because I've, I never met him. Uh, it was one guy that I just never we never crossed paths in this wrestling world. Um, I'm in a, a group on Facebook. I'll leave out the name of it, uh, the name of the group, but it's a very popular group and a lot of people and. Um, New Jack was in it and I was stunned that New Jack was in this group, right? Well, somebody had gone on there and had started trolling and had said fans of Jim Cornette. If you were a Jim Cornette fan, he challenged anybody to last five minutes with him for $3,000, right? On this post. And of course people were calling him out and then New Jack got on there and says, I'll do it. And then the guy deleted his Facebook and <laughs> just disappeared. Yeah, I heard something about that. Yeah, I, I popped for that. I was like, "Yeah, I bet that dude ran from New Jack real quick." <laughs> oh, That's a smart move, man. Yeah, smart. yeah, yeah, definitely. Because you know, a lot of people say they don't give a fuck, but New Jack did not give a fuck. No, yeah. never did. And, and you know what? Never. And if he did. He never let you know about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, um, you know, there's, there's stuff he did that I look at and I'm just like that shit. That's just not cool. But you know, I mean, like Bobby was saying, that's kind of between you guys. <laughs> you know, it's some shit you got to work out. <laughs> oh, um, oh, for sure. Yeah. So let's see. What was there? Is there anything else we wanted to talk about? I had ideas in my head of topics to bring up, but you know, when you just start bullshit and that stuff kind of falls out, it's like Mike Tyson used to say, everybody's got to play in until they get hit in the face. That's right, true. Man. Yeah. That's uh, true. Mike, even though Mike was more like, everybody got plans until they get punched in the mouth. Yeah, you go you go ahead and make fun of him. Um, I'll just sit over here and I'll keep tell you what. Shut. I'll tell you what, if I run into Mike Tyson, he deserves to punch me. <laughs> <laughs> what who was was it uh, was it Chris Chris Rocket got some heat with him, I, I think it was. Yeah. And, uh, someone said that's still Mike Tyson, man. That's still Mike Tyson. Oh yeah. Uh, you know. You got to watch what you say. <laughs> Any man that stands there uh, in his underwear with some tigers on his property, you know, back in the day, like, that's a bad motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yeah, don't know. He can do the movies. He can do the weed ranch that he's got and uh, do all this. And he says he's mellow, but that's still fucking Mike Tyson. Yeah, no, for uh, sure. Did you see him do the deal with uh, – uh, uh, Johnny Jones there just like I don't know about a year and a half ago that was kind of sparring and he could have caught him a couple of times and pulled his hands back 
from uh, it was like right it was like a lead up to one of the uh, UFC fights. And Tyson's hand speed was just unfucking real, man. Like, still, oh yeah, you know, Tyson. Holy you know, shit, man. <laughs> Tyson was one of those guys. He was never like the purest boxer, but he hit you, you knew it. Oh yeah, no, he that, was he was a slugger, is what he was. You know, he yeah. was a, yeah, he was a fucking pound you down kind of guy. But you know, he was his hands were fast, his feet were fast, and they hit you like you just got hit by an Abrams tank. Yeah. Yeah, the, if you check, I don't know the exact year. I don't know if it was 87, 88, somewhere in that, somewhere in that time. Anyway, uh, there's a uh, boxing promoter here, been around, owns, owns Fitness World, been around since 1977, got named Corky Sire that's trained boxers. And he actually, um, he's had several successful ones through the years, but uh, – a guy from this area, uh, Big Sam Scaff, actually boxed uh, Tyson early on in his career, and it was a match over in England. And mm. um, I'm not sure how long it lasted. I mean, it was first round, so I'm, when I say that, it was under three minutes. But uh, I remember being in Sports Illustrated because people were talking about, you know, Corky and Sam's picture was in 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 the picture or in the art in the magazine of you know Sports Illustrated, and. Um, I just remember it saying the big Kentucky and bled for like 30 minutes after the match. Oof. And um, again, uh, just kind of give them props where to do because a lot of people know Corky in this area. A lot of people, you know, know Sam Scaff in this area. The, the older older people do is, is what I you know, getting at. But um, you can look that up, man. Um, Tyson beat a guy from here. Um, on his way up is what I was getting at. And uh, yeah. I, I know several boxers from this area that, that have done quite well. Um, and uh, But, yeah, just see someone in Sports Illustrated. And, and at the time, that's when I was doing um, – I was doing some teaching. I, I was trying to still break into wrestling, so that's why I was just throwing some, some – um, dates out there as to when it could have been yeah but uh yeah that's 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 just something like uh think about that the big kentucky and bled for like 30 minutes after a match i was like holy shit that's a, that's they, a... they pop it up prop it up some or pump it up or whatever but um also if you talk to see tyson's interviews when he anytime you talk you talk about anyone even though he's mellow now but if you bring up mitch green he tells that story about beating his ass out in the street, <laughs> man. Uh, you all know that story, right? Where I guess he caught him out of – they was out partying and caught him out of like a nightclub and Tyson left there and they ended up getting in a street fight and he beat Tyson. Uh, Tyson beat him again out in the street and it was crazy. Check that out, that Miss Green deal because uh, they they had some serious heat and I think Tyson still has that to this day, you know, with them, some kind of heat there. <laughs> So yeah, don't yeah for Tyson. sure. <clears throat> he's still he's still Mike Tyson. That's now. that's the thing. Yeah, it's uh, you know, um, <laughs> it's like I talk a lot of shit. It's Mike Tyson's one of those guys. Like you know what? Just in case, just in case, I'm not going to say a thing. I'm just yeah. you know. Well, just in case, Mike, I apologize. <laughs> just because I don't want to, I don't want to walk into the Beckley Armory and yeah. see Mike Tyson sitting up in the bleachers yeah. and go, yeah, that's him. Yeah. <laughs> Well, there's that segue I gave you a while ago, Nate, on Beckley on August the 7th. Uh, we spoke about Jerry Lawler earlier. I'm just going to say this. Jerry the King Lawler, I have nothing but respect for you. A lot of time has passed, but August 7th, man, I'm going to be in a corner of Shane Storm. And he says, you know, he's going to give you all the respect in the world as well. 
Well, here's the thing. I'm not going to call all our kingfish or, uh, you know, uh, any of those other names, queen lol or nothing like that. We're going to give you the respect you deserve, but I'm going to be in Shane Storm's corner uh, August 7th in Beckley, and, and I'll let uh, Nate tell you maybe some more about the matches. But also, I've been informed, Nate, and you can verify this. I just found this out Friday, and I'm not sure how this is going to play out. Mm -hmm. Speaking of enforcers, so I guess in addition to me being in Shane Storm's corner against Jerry Lawler, I guess Dennis Condry's going to be there as some kind of ringside enforcer. Have you heard this? Yeah, that's what uh, I heard. Okay. I hope that popped Jeremy because I just found out Friday and I was going to wait till I talked to you about it. So what's the deal, man? Let me in on it. Well, I mean, all I know right now is, is I've heard Dennis Condry's going to be the enforcer. That's legitimately all I know at this point okay, in time. Well, that's all I heard, too. And I'm like, wait a minute here, man. I'm just going to manage Shane. This is a hands-off situation here. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait, is do, do Shane Storm and, and the King have more heat than I realize? Apparently, <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. So yeah, this is not uh, the King's first appearance in all star wrestling either, by the way, he was, right. uh, right. he was there many years ago at the Logan Memorial Fieldhouse, um, and was managed by baby doll. And if I'm not mistaken, I believe he actually beat madman Pondo okay. in a one-on-one -on -one match. And I think you all drew a good house there. Didn't you? Yeah, yeah. At the time, I was a fan. I actually bought a okay. ticket to that. <laughs> I, I, I know some people that drove up from here, the uh, couple uh, guys you promote down here. I didn't go up with them. Um, mm -hmm. I was having some health, health issues at that time, but Kerry and him went up there. And I think you all had a, they had a really good crowd when he showed up there. Yeah. Um, that was so years and years ago. In, in, in Beckley on August 7th, we're looking for a good crowd. I know my brother. He he come he had to leave town and he come by to have dinner with me uh, the other evening and he come in and he he was popping for Shane man he was really excited that Shane Storm had this opportunity to uh, get the wrestle Jerry to King Lawler and um, I'm I'm happy for him too I really am and, yeah uh, all kidding aside like I did my promo Lawler it's been a long time since we've seen each other. and uh, he's wrestled so many people in so many places he's not gonna remember me but I know this. I know I beat him one night in Knoxville, and I whispered in Shane Storm's ear a little bit, and maybe I've told Shane Storm the key to beating Jerry the King Lawler. We'll just have to wait and see on August the 7th. And what this Dennis Condry, how that plays in, I don't know, but I'm honored to be a part of it. But uh, we'll just see, because I'm double A's. That's the enforcer right there. Mm -hmm. Favorite enhancement talent. But on that night, in August 7th, I'm not trying to be anyone's enhancement talent i'm there to help my main man shane storm defeat jerry the king lawler yeah he's so we'll mr see. saturday night bobby yeah. blaze that that's night that's right that's right yeah we'll see but uh i do know that the other some of the other matches uh matt cardona which was formerly zach Ryder, will be taking on um brian myers formerly kurt hawkins now both in uh, TNA, they'll be in Beckley having a one-on-one -on -one match. That's all I know so far. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I, from what I've been told, there's more to come. So yeah. we'll see. Well, I, I would hope there's more than two matches on the show, especially if, I, if I'm considering flying out there from California. You know? well, I mean, there's going to be more. Apparently, there's more stars in, in oh, being involved. Oh, I see what you're saying. Okay. I, I, okay. I don't know, though. I don't know anything else. So. Well, I've already been, I've already been told I can't. 
I've already been told I can't chase girls while I'm there because I'll be fucking somebody's cousin if I catch one. Um, I mean, well, so would I. So. <laughs> they make good practice, okay? Uh, the um, Yeah, if we get Jeremy out here tonight, I almost texted you the other day and got caught up in a show and not trying to put you on a spot or anything, but uh, Gary's a really good dude. ASW oh, yeah. is a, a really good uh, – they bring in – Quality wrestling matches, man. Every time, every show they have is quality wrestling matches. Um, if Jeremy comes in, if the good professor comes in, I'd like to have him, if we could, ring announce at least one match. I, I think it'd be really cool to have him, you know, to to get up there and announce, uh, you know, one match. I don't doesn't have to be anything I'm involved in, but I think it'd be to hear his voice. Uh, the people from the West Virginia, Beckley area, Southern West Virginia, Eastern Kentucky, Southern Ohio, whatever, whoever makes it out to that show. Hell, we might have people driving up from Tennessee and Virginia as well, I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Uh, Beckley's not, not far Car- from Virginia. The Carolinas, yeah. <laughs> so, um, anyway, um, they could hear his voice that doesn't have the accent, and they're going, where, where, who's, this, who's this foreign motherfucker? Who's this ham and agar? <laughs> yeah, who's this ham and agar? There you go. But, Jeremy, would you be up to it if, if Nate or myself could pull uh, through a few strings behind the uh, curtain there and say, this guy's got a great voice. Let him, let him interview yeah, someone. I, I, would, I would love to if that could be worked out, you know? You, you wouldn't be nervous, or you'd be like Michael Buffer? Uh, you got to remember, I have interviewed the creator of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles in front of an audience of 500. I have interviewed actors, actresses uh, in front of live audiences. I don't really get nervous unless I'm wearing socks while I'm naked. <laughs> well, as long as you're not wearing fucking socks and sandals, cocksucker. I never wear sandals. <laughs> Bobby, there's there's like a weird like this. I got this old school fucking like weird uh, macho mentality. I don't wear shorts. I don't wear fucking sandals. Uh, little boys wear shit like that, not grown men. You know? <laughs> That's right. I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Well, I once interviewed Bobby Blaze in front of an empty concession stand, so nobody should ever be worried about my being nervous. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what that's that's a trick right there i've actually learned that from little brief stints uh trying comedy or trying to try comedy if you can play an empty room you get the shit licked yeah yeah and being a musician for so many years i know all about playing the empty rooms Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) we used to we used to they we were better than last call man they were like just put that band on let them play they'll clear this place out we'll be out of here by two Oh man! No, but uh, one thing I do want to want to mention is your guys' uh, Hall of Fame episode. And I'm sorry if I'm yeah. if I'm dragging out here. I'm just no, enjoying no, no. just shooting the breeze with you guys. I, I think it's a a good time. Your Hall of Fame episode. I really enjoyed how you guys laid that out, and I thought it was interesting. Some of your choices that went in, I was very surprised to see Ricky Steamboat make it in. But you know what? When you explained he goes in, it did make a lot of sense. Cool. And Steamboat was just in for the All-Star Wrestling event with Jimmy Hart not too long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and Steamboat, by the way, if you've never met him, just oh, the, not one of the nicest people in the world. Um, just genuine good guy. But, you know, when you look at his contributions to the wrestling business, I think he gets overlooked a lot. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that he bounced back and forth between WWE or F and WCW and the NWA. So I, I think it's good you guys were able to point that out because he was having matches in WCW in a time when, 
you know, nobody was watching WCW. Yeah. Like you go back yeah. and watch him and Rick Rude or him and the, a young Steve Austin and, you know, the, the U.S. title matches. And, man, he was just having matches that were unbelievable. So I'm, I'm glad you guys mentioned uh, Ricky Steamboat. I really uh, I'm a I'm a big Steamboat fan. We're going to revisit that in a few months. Um, we haven't decided if we're going to do it at three month mark or the six month mark, but uh, we've already got a couple people in mind for the wrestler and for the heel, actually. So we're we. I'm still kind of. I'm know. still putting in my vote here. This is my public vote that means next to nothing. Um, I, I'm still lobbying for Great Muda, KG Mudo. That's uh, I'm throwing that in there. That's that's a um, Hall of Famer every he, day of the week where I come from. Yeah, what are you going for there? Where's he going to fall into? Give us, is he a wrestler? Is he hardcore? What? Just throw it out there. Tell if I, it, it, here's your open forum, Nate. You know, Muda to me was the first big Japanese transition to the United States on national television that got over as a babyface without even meaning to. Gary Hart wanted Muda as a heel. Yeah. And it worked for a while, but he was so cool and so different. And the way he moved in the ring, the mm-hmm. the snap elbows, the handsprings, and of course the moonsault, and just the look, the appeal, the mist. Yeah, he probably stole a lot of that from Kabuki, but it was just his execution and the things he could a lot do. Of points. Um, you know what? I have leaving. Go ahead. I have to say that uh, uh, KG Muto is the only guy I've ever seen do the handspring elbow into the corner that looked like it would work because he doesn't yeah. stop at yeah. the yeah. end and I shuffle. No. He's all everybody does that like shuffles at the he end of the stuck it like at the Olympian uh, <coughs> gymnast. Yeah, he stuck the landing every time that back elbow. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know what it was. It was like a couple nights ago. I was watching some match he did in Japan. Um, in the last, like, I don't know, 15, 20 years, maybe. It was maybe 15, 20 years ago. And dude's trapezoids are as big as a fucking Buick. He got, like, some knee replacements or something. I don't know what happened. I know he had bad knees for a while. But he was at WrestleK down in Winston-Salem. I know Bobby and I have been there. And uh, yeah. he wrestled on the WrestleK show. He had, like, an open challenge. And he wrestled George South. Mm-hmm. And... Listen, George South <laughs> is the only guy I know who could get his own mother to boo him. Uh, he can get heat <laughs> with anybody. Yeah, uh, and that's he, and that's from a guy who doesn't cuss. He doesn't. Yeah, yeah. it's the most amazing George thing I've ever seen. The best guys out there in the world, man. He is. Yeah, L- loves Journey too. By the way, like, oh, don't ever speak <laughs> bad about Journey. Yeah. Uh, I watched him give down the road to somebody for saying something about Journey one time, and I just thought that was hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he and George South had like a little, you know, six, eight minute match. And of course they didn't lock up till five minutes in. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> but it was it was good and, and yeah. just the way Muda would hit the ropes. Not yeah. even like because he, he had that little sp- he hit him. He did. He did. And he would just come off the ropes and then the elbow drop that he would do just used to pop me as a kid. And I'm like, nobody does an elbow drop like that. Yeah. And no, nobody should try because it's it's just something that he does. Yeah. He's one of the only wrestlers in history to ever hold the IWGP, the All Japan, and the Pro Wrestling NOAA Heavyweight Championships, all three. I mean, he was an NWA champion. I mean, he just, he's done it all. And so I, I just have that vote for him. And, of course, he, yeah. and, uh, he, he did some tag team wrestling. I know he... 
he was in the finals, I believe, of the uh, the tournament from Starcade, the tag team, the international tag team tournament. I, I forget who his partner was, but he had made it to the finals. He was in the NWO. I mean. With Masachono, so points, man. Um, we have to consider that. And I'm going to throw this out. As I was leaving the building the other day, and as soon as you started speaking, I thought, well, he's going to mention this other person. I was speaking to um, uh, Jock and um, Shane, and they put over Bobby Heenan. And of course, of course, you know, he he was in you know our Hall of Fame. Well, yeah. As soon as you said Muda. It makes me think. Well, and I'm not saying we're going to go with it, but we 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 we've, we've worked it out to where we're going to do a couple of these, you know, second, third, whatever. But uh, Gary Hart, man, mm-hmm. uh, we had a lot of people good feedback on that episode of how in depth we went on that deep mm-hmm. dive on Gary Hart. He, I'm not saying we haven't discussed this. This is first. I'm going to say, Jeremy, we, that may be our manager this time. We don't know. Yeah, you know, I we, mean, we, we, Gary we Hart discussed the wrestler. And the heel. I think that's the only two we've discussed. Is that correct, Professor? Uh, those are the only two I can think of right now, yeah. So Gary Hart was one of those guys. Something else there, Nate. Gary Hart was one of those guys that when you guys did your episode, I didn't know anything about him. I, I said, I just know he was on the booking committee, and I know he, you know, he he was a manager for a while and did a lot in Dallas and and, and I'll be honest with you, every time you do a, a world-class episode, I learn a lot because I didn't grow up watching a lot of world-class um, just, you know, based on where I live and my age. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm just 31, so you know, world-class was a thing of the past by the time I was born. Um, but I learned a lot from that episode, and I was able to – you guys kind of put it out there. I was able to get a hold of his book, like his actual book. Yeah. And wow. – Post that to us again. Send that to the um, – um, Bell to bell one or to me. Okay. Uh, on Twitter, folks, uh, Nate, you can give yours out. I'm on Twitter at Bell to Bell Bobby Blaze, uh, 744. Jeremy's at the Geekish Cast, but we got that Bell to Bell Blaze page that Jeremy runs. Uh, post yeah. that book, man, because uh, you sent me a picture of it, and um, I wanted to post it and I didn't without your permission. But uh, ah, and, I, and I know Jeremy got it too via text. You sent me a lot of your books or your bookshelf. I yeah. thought for it, by the way. But yeah, me and Jeremy talked. Uh, I think we talked off air just a few weeks ago that you had that book. Well, good for you, man. Yeah. Good for you. <laughs> Even though I, I kind of wanna... feel like you're rubbing it in a little bit. Yeah. But, yeah. Heel prick. Well, no, well, a little bit, but. Uh, <laughs> 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 In the color guy supposed to be the heel, right? This is true. But, um, okay. But I but I was able to get a copy of it and and started going through it and and this guy's story is insane <laughs> and all I can think of though every time I hear Gary Hart mentioned is Jim Cornette's impression where he's going Would you like some corn, brother? <laughs> he's eating the popcorn. So you know always- that okay. So this because I have New Jack on my mind this weekend. I remember I saw New Jack on a YouTube show about Gary Hart. He goes, and New Jack says, if you took your blind black grandma and put her by a TV and Gary Hart was on there, she'd go, who is that smooth black man on TV? (laughs) (laughs) I did hear that. (laughs) Oh, that that cracked me up when I heard that. Can can I throw out one thing for your Hall of Fame? And I think it, it would need to be, I think it would be cool to add because I think there's a lot you could throw in there. And that is, uh, commentator slash ring announcers. And it doesn't have to be play-by-play and color, but just one. 
because there's been a lot of great oh, yeah. ring announcers and color yeah. guys and play-by-play guys over the years. I mean, okay, so, we were talking Smoky Mountain. Yeah. I thought Bob Cottle. Here's what we did, Nate. Not the go ahead. No, I mean, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. Well, here's what we did, just to let you know. No, no, Bob Cottle, great. What a great guy, and yeah, deservingly to be into the Hall of Fame. Uh, what we kind of did, though, we didn't want to do. A well, we did top ten. We did top ten commentaries. Yeah, okay. Commentators rather. Makes sense. Um, Makes sense. When um, thank you. Well, here, no, I'm just saying here. Here we kind of lay out. We didn't want to duplicate. Like, okay, here's our top ten announcers, which Bob Cottle was one of them, and we did that right around the time. Um, uh, uh, what you call it passed away. Uh, yeah, Tex. Yeah. No, 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 no. It was around the time that Lance Russell passed away. Oh, okay, okay. Excuse anyway, me. No. Um, no, 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 no. It wasn't? Uh, oh, Mean Gene. It was Mean Gene. Okay. Well, oh, yeah, it. yeah. No, it was Mean Gene. Mean Gene. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, because we, we did Lance and, and Gordon at the top. Yeah. So what we wanted to do, so when we did that Hall of Fame, just so you know where we kind of went with this, and, and we may not have prefaced it this way, so here's the and, – and I love that idea. I love that idea. Do – do a color we need to probably do a color commentary so what we or an announcer or play-by-play man or what have you like you said uh we just didn't want to be like okay here's a top 10 and it'd be a duplicate of the top 10 commentator or the top 10 heels or mm. the top 10 baby faces so we we're kind of going that way with it and also the second thing was this we were trying to uh be be 100 legit as we said but we also wanted to bring in um, a couple of names that we haven't that our we knew our fans would appreciate, but we hadn't spoken to or spoken a, a lot about. I.e., Ricky Steamboat, you know, yeah, yeah. for the babyface category. So yeah, it's not out of the question that uh, this next time we do one again, now maybe two or three months down the line or when we do it, that we don't throw in the color of commentary. And I think that's a you know commentator. I think that's a great idea. Um, and it's it's not you know to say we won't add a category or what have you. That was just. Um, that was for that program because we wanted to set it up. Hopefully, something we we can revisit like two to three times per year, and and get feedback like you're giving us like that, which has been excellent, you know, with Muda and and adding a color commentator, etc. Um, so yeah, appreciate the feedback, man. Right. Oh, again, I'm not trying to change what you guys are doing. It's we just do know you know this, and if you feel free to help us. No, no, no. I I know exactly. You're you're fine, man. We know we have a couple top tens coming we know we have a a year end coming that we're going to do and we know we have a hall of fame we're going to do again you know 78 back in uh thanksgiving and christmas for those specials you like when we do a particular year yeah yeah i do uh i'm surprised i'm surprised you haven't done um one one that really would interest Uh, me would be 86 uh 86. 86. I think 86 would be a cool year. We, we may do one between now and here. I don't know what year we're doing. One around, yeah, we know what year. We're doing 1976 around the 4th of July. We're That'd be good. The year of 76. That, that, um, yeah. So 86, you're saying visit that. Okay. I think that would be a cool one. I like 80. Like eight, the, visiting. 86 was a, a big year for Crockett. I mean, Vince was getting ready to do WrestleMania, had just done WrestleMania 2. 
Um, you're getting close to the Hogan Andre feud. Mm-hmm. I mean, there was a lot of really cool stuff going on back then at that time. Um, I, Jeremy, you would know this before I would. Okay. Was was UWF a thing in '86 at the time, or oh, was it still mid south? I want to say it was still mid south in '86, but I want to think it was like '87. You know, I can find out. Okay, real quick. I was just wondering. That's yeah. all. But I don't know. '86, and of course, you had the. 86 was the big Starcade event. You had the scaffold match with the Midnight and the Road Warriors. And I don't know, 86 was just always go. a really cool year for wrestling for me. That, Not oh, my, uh, you're right, Nate. It was 86. Okay, I thought so. 86 is the year that uh, UWF formed. 87 was the year it folded. Yeah. Yeah. I knew it was in there somewhere. Yeah. Was, there, was there also a Crockett Cup that year, 86? Was I think there was. Yeah. I think as a, was it not the first Crockett Cup, maybe? Maybe. And, of course, Houston was running at that time still, too. I don't know into what capacity. And, uh, match of the year was, um, I brought this up last week. My brother told me it was it's one of Jeremy's favorites. It was Nick Bockwinkle and uh, Kurt Henning that year. Yeah, yeah, so, the AWA. We got a lot. 86, okay, so we'll visit that, man. We will visit that. Well, Bobby, I have a question for you because you were there at the time and again, if you guys gotta gotta cut off, just tell me. I mean, I'm I'm I could sit here and talk wrestling all day. You were in WCW at the time; they were really hot. But then, just after they cooled off, they were still bringing in Michael Buffer to do the the ring announcing for the main events of pay per views and big matches. Do you have any idea how much money they were bleeding just by bringing him in to announce one match when they could have just had their in-house announcer, whether it be Dave Penzer or, or whoever, yeah. do it? Um, if I told you a number, it'd probably be wrong because it's all backstage hearsay. Yeah. Uh, but for an example, I don't know Michael Buffer's fee at that time, but I think something like eighty grand. I mean, it was, it was huge You know <sighs> that they lost. That's not, crazy. Not just because, not just because of um, him being the announcer. I'm saying, like a show out to the MGM. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I they they brought in Kiss for like two hundred fifty thousand dollars. They're destroying Hummers off the top of the buildings. You know, it was. Yeah. There was. I'm trying to think of which show I was on. Um, and and again, now that eighty thousand, that's no reflection of buffer or or like I said, I mentioned two hundred fifty. I think. Hey, if somebody's going to pay me eighty thousand dollars to come in and do one thing for two minutes, I'm going to do it. Oh yeah, no, I know that. What I was getting at is, don't take me to my word that that's that's what he. Okay, made me just so so Some prices thrown around out there. General knowledge about that era would say that Michael Buffer may had a twenty five thousand dollar appearance fee. That's just to like show up. Okay. Yeah. If he said, let's get ready to rumble, it could be as much as a hundred thousand. Oh my God. If it was a thing where he could hold you over a barrel, he'd get a million dollars per appearance. Sheesh. Well, there you go. So what I was getting at is we were with, with, when those shows were taking place, when things were happening that way, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Again, could have been close or could have been way off if he held a motor barrel for a million dollars. But um, the, what I was getting at is there were shows where they bleed money. Okay. Yeah. And I know in the back and I um, can't remember exactly what happened. Okay. 
but it's one of those deals where basically, you know, okay, uh, like I said, I think they brought out Kiss for 250000 to introduce the demon. Uh, <laughs> Poor Dale Torberg. Yeah, no, <laughs> no, you know, whether it's Buffer getting, you know, the 25 plus he got another, you know, uh, 75 or whatever for 100000 whatever it was. I just know something happened, and I almost want to say it was when they destroyed a limo or something like that. But uh, anyway, long story short, someone just turned to um, one of the road agents turned around to the boys and said, well, there went about 10 jobs, guys, you know, and uh, the guys he was talking to myself and clue were all contract guys that were making pretty good money. Okay. Uh, Some more than others, but um, that's, it was just a matter of time for you'd go and not see 150 people. You know, at, at the Universal tapings, you were seeing, you know, 75 people. And at the time you'd go to Nitro and you weren't seeing, you know, 75 people, you were now seeing 60. And again, 25 or 30 of which are not going to be used, you know, yeah. on any given night. Um, so, uh, yeah. But no, I can't remember what happened, but one of the agents, and you would know him, and I'm not going to mention your name because you know all the agents there. They just turned around and said, well, there went about 10 jobs, you know. And um, yeah. everyone just shook their head like, yeah. I mean, because that was out of our control, you know. Uh, but Yeah, it was just always yeah. something that boggled my mind when I go back and watch. Yeah. And I'm like, and look at all the money that they're they're paying Michael Buffer. Yeah. Not only just to, like, to fly in wherever he was, because this wasn't like, okay, we're in Vegas, let's get Buffer. No, this was, they're flying him in. They flew him yeah. into Sturgis, South Dakota. Yeah, I was going to say, threw him in Sturgis, yep. And had this, and he was dressed up like a biker, announcing main events. And it's just like, and I, I do know that the the WWE used him one time in in all the years that I've been watching wrestling. I can remember one time, and it was in Madison Square Garden, uh, which I thought was very weird. Uh, and he didn't even announce the names right. He announced Shawn Michaels as just the Heartbreak Kid, <laughs> which was weird. Yeah. But uh, again, it's one of those. They were things. bleeding bad there at the end, man. But it was oh, yeah. um, just you know uh, uh, one of those things where people were making these decisions, and at some point it got to be you know they had to bring in the lawyers and bring in the accountants, and uh, they looked on a piece of paper. They saw what each person was making. They looked on a piece of paper, saw whose contracts were expiring, um, and they looked at that and said, okay, how many dates is this person working to make this kind of money? And they just started chopping. And they had those people, uh, won't mention those names either. I know a couple of them by name, mm-hmm. uh, lawyers and stuff. Um, I'll save myself the – but they um, – they just come in basically. They didn't know who Bobby Blaze was. You know, they didn't know who. They said this guy's working. He mean dates. This is what he's making. We can save money here. You know, and what I was making was not. Yeah, they saved a couple pennies maybe. You know, and yeah. I, I was very and I was very happy with my contract and my salary there and my travel. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying they could have made cuts otherwhere. I like bringing a buffer in, saying, okay, you know what. Pinzer get out there and do it, you know, or what have you. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, they were just doing, they was just, it's like this, man. Um, basically, you got a checkbook that belongs to someone else, so you can write the checks. Whereas Vince McMahon, that's his checkbook, and he's writing the checks, mm-hmm. and he knows where that money's going. That's kind of, that's kind of the way I equate it. You know, someone, someone had Ted Turner's checkbook, and um, they were saying, hey, 
here we go. It's not my money. It's not my loss. Now we're going to try hard, but also like, if I lose it, guess what? It's not mine. Whereas Vince was like, you know, they beat him a couple weeks there in the ratings war and stuff. He's going, this is my fucking money and I'm going to win in the end. You'll see. And he's mm-hmm. doing his deal and we all know what happened. You know, he could have won a lot quicker if he just signed Bobby blaze and put the belt on him. That's what I uh, say. You know, I, uh, I don't know about that. I know this day after my contract expired, my 90 days were up. I got a call and I was talking to him very, very serious. Uh, not Vince himself, but, uh, as the chain of command goes and it just didn't work out. Um, could have went and done TVs and that just didn't work out. And, um, partly that was my fault. Um, I, I, now I take full responsibility for it. Um, though the one deal I just wasn't ready to do and the other one was like, um, it just, uh, it, it just a decision to make. And it was, uh, uh, you know, looking back, it could have been made if it went the other way, you know, I might prolong something for a couple of years that's coming anyway. You know, I was, I was heading to the wrong side of 40, you know? So, uh, anyway, do what you got to do. Well, <laughs> speaking of doing what we got to do, yeah, Bobby, Bobby, no, first you got to sell some books, man. Oh, yeah. Okay. So I know Nate likes my books. They're fantastic. He's helped me sell a couple at the shows and stuff, man. I appreciate that, Nate. Uh, no problem. Yes. So uh, I've got two books in paperback that are available on Amazon. But what the good professor has done, he's made a couple of shortcuts that if you use these shortcuts, you can go um, purchase my books. And a show, this show, the Bell to Bell with Bobby Blaze podcast gets a little bit of a kickback. So my first book called Pin Me, Pay Me, Have Boostful Travel is available at tinyurl.com slash blazebook1. And uh, that has a story about me winning a Smoky Mountain title in it. has stories about me going to South Africa, England, Australia, Canada, uh, several different. I went five times. I think I mentioned several of them uh, going to Japan. I didn't mention every trip, but I kind of combined those. Um, anyway, good stuff, man. A little bit about my personal life and what's happening. Some decent pictures in there, blah, blah, blah. And I've heard, even if you're not a wrestling fan, you'd really enjoy that book. And I probably said that to no one out there because mostly wrestling fans are listening to this podcast. But I'm saying you can get it for families of your members, members of your family that are hopefully over the age of 18. But um, there's some life lessons in there and stuff. So it's pin me, pay me, have boostful travel at tinyrl.com slash blazebook1. Now, my second book, Nate, this has a stripper story in it that you like so much. <laughs> <laughs> I kicked out on two, The Educational Wrestler. I talk about a couple strippers I met and, um, you know, kind of uh, dying with a cheeseburger on my breath with a, you know, hooker on my arm or something. You know, I'm not trying to be Herb Abrams or anything. I'm not into the Vaseline. Couldn't we, yeah, but how, how good a way to go is that? Shouldn't we all go like that? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Herb Abrams did. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's what I'm saying. I, I'm not going for that. But anyway, um, it's just got some funny anecdotes and stories in it. But it's called um, I Kicked Out on Two, The Educational Wrestler. And you can get that at uh, tinyurl.com slash blazebook2. And I'd appreciate it. Um, and the show appreciates it. There are some ebooks available once you get to that site. There's like three ebooks. They're all like $2.99 each. Just short stories. Uh, feel free to li- download one of those on your Kindle or your a laptop or whatever your, your your phone or whatever those are available under Kindle Unlimited. But again, just uh, yeah, purchase one of my books, man. Purchase it for a friend. 
Um, you know, again, they are adult-oriented, but um, hell, you know, if you want to buy it for your eight-year-old, that's fine. Someone, I had another author tell me, he said, you don't realize you're, and he wrote this book and uh, whatever. He said, you don't realize you're missing a, a large part of the audience. Um, there's a lot of eight-year-olds out there to, that, that enjoy reading about professional wrestling. I said, I'm not writing a fucking book for an eight-year-old. Yeah. I don't <laughs> care. Okay. I said, I don't care. And he said, well, don't you want to sell? I said, yeah, I want to sell books, but I said, not to eight-year-olds. This is not appropriate for an eight-year-old. You know, and he goes, well, I think you would miss my point. I said, I'm not missing your point. You're missing mine. I don't care if an eight-year-old reads my story. I don't want them to. <laughs> when they get 18, they can read it. <laughs> this That's is adult great. shit, man. This is the real world out there. This is guys in locker rooms talking. You know, this is guys on the road talking. This is a uh, uh, hot toy entertainment. Uh. Okay. With professional wrestling. This is this is not a picnic not on the side of the road, Daddy. Yeah, this ain't no party. This ain't no disco. This ain't no fooling around. This is not even a fucking dress rehearsal. This is the real deal. Buy the fucking books. Go to tinyrail.com slash blazebook1 and get pin me, pay me, or go to tinyrail.com slash blazebook2 and get I kicked out on two the education wrestler. There's that. We got it in, Jeremy. All right, Nate. If people want to catch you and one yeah. of your multitudinous prod, uh, projects on the side, where can they find you? Well, we got um, Wide Men Can't Jump, the sports podcast. We're coming up on four years as a podcast, almost awesome. uh, getting close to two hundred episodes. So, looking forward to that. Uh, tune in if you like any kind of sports. I mean, we're not just a basketball show these days. We're talking football as well. Um, hockey, just, you know, what, if you like sports, tune in. It's a good time. I also do the, um, the radio show on WVOW radio. You can check that out on WVOWradio.com. It's once a month. It's called the worldview of wrestling. Check that out. Just had Jimmy Hart on our last episode, which was really cool to talk to Jimmy. And, uh, I also do another wrestling podcast called in this ring with Joe Pizapia. And, uh, we talk all things pro wrestling and it's a short little 45 minutes to an hour show that we do and uh check that out it's in this ring uh it's part of the in this league podcast network and if you like to read any sports betting i'm on um, sports writer at thegameday.com for betting advice on sports so i think that's everything i do <laughs> off the top of my head hard to oh, say <laughs> and all-star wrestling come check out all-star wrestling uh that's my main group that i'm with do the commentary do a lot of just anything they need me to do i've been there for years now we got a show coming up on june 5th we'll have uh the reunion of america's most wanted swoggle will be there brian myers in house davy richards is going to be there and then of course the big one in beckley on august 7th uh, the first one will be in Madison, West Virginia. The second one, Beckley, at the Raleigh County Convention. It's the Beckley Armory. Uh, check it out. What All Star Wrestling. Venue that is, by the way. Yes, yes, it is. Uh, you, I think that's everything. Well, you kind of remind me. I, I know this guy uh, Dominic, and he is the founder and bassist for a punk band called Tsunami Bomb. He, <laughs> He is also a uh, comic book writer and artist who publishes his own comics. He also has a job on the side where he designs album covers for punk bands. 
He also ran four or five podcasts simultaneously at the same time when I met him. Yep. And one yep. was with Shotzi Blackheart back before I even knew who she was. Nice. Um, and so he and I just kind of randomly met at a convention. And then I had him on Geekish Cast and that show was still on. And every time he'd come on, he had like four new projects. I'm like, when, do, when the fuck do you have time? So Nate, when the fuck do you have time to do all this stuff? Uh, not only that, but I also do you're a, some. You're a parent. You, I you, am. Yeah. I am, and I work radio. I work at a radio station six days a week, and uh, even on top of that, I uh, I even do some audio editing for audiobooks. I've been doing that for a while too. So, oh wow, yeah. I mean, sleep when you're dead, right? I guess. Yeah. That's you why you get texts. That's why you get texts from me at three in the morning. <laughs> that that explains it because I'm always like, how the fuck is this guy not asleep? You yeah. Know? <laughs> Um, yeah, so yeah, I stay yeah. busy. Being on but, the show, Nate. Really, I appreciate you guys having me. It was really, it's been fun, and uh, I really enjoyed it. And again, I've listened to every single episode of the show, and it's it's a part of, like I had to go through because my schedule was so busy. I had to unsubscribe from countless podcasts that I was listening to, and the only ones I kept were Cornette shows and you guys. So that was uh, the only ones I felt were must listen. Oh, so. <laughs> All right. well, we do appreciate that. Nah, I love it. Love the show. And uh, Tim up in Canada loves it as well. Oh, uh, he'll, yeah. He'll be jealous yeah. if that I'm we, on. We should all say hi to, hi to the Tim Dombrova up there in Canada. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And uh, hey, Tim, not sure. Um, man, let's get us a box together and uh, send uh, ship it down here tonight of some uh Wonder bars and some chips and some other stuff, and maybe oh, man. put some stuff together in a box and send you. Yeah, because uh, that was taking place. I mentioned that only because that was taking place right when COVID hit. We were working on like kind of a box exchange, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Okay, um, so if you're getting from there, if you're getting stuff shipped down from Canada, you got to get the all dressed potato chips. Already have okay, old Dutch <laughs> version, all dressed potato yep. chips are the greatest potato chips you'll ever have. Yeah, you got to get those. Get a Wonder bar, goddammit. Um. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to get actual Canadian maple syrup. Okay, I and, get that. And then one of the things I always have, either when I go up to Canada or when I have friends come back down from Canada, I always get a six-pack of uh, Molson uh, Canadian in the white cans. Mm, okay. and, uh, Send me a Wonder Bar, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually got to send him up some stuff. Uh, I yeah. send him uh, Doritos. His son's a big Dorito fan, and they've only got like three or four different flavors up there. And I yeah. send him all the random flavors hey, from down here. If he don't get a, I, I don't know if they get moon pie up there, but I might put some moon pie in there. But if not, you know what I'm going to send him, man? I send out to people sometimes. Yeah. Um, Nate, I'm sure you're familiar with them. I'm not sure if you are familiar with Mount California, Jeremy. The Goo Goo Cluster. Oh, yeah. Goo Goo Cluster. I, I know where to get those at, man. I'm telling you, I might have to send Tim a couple of that. Do you know I didn't even know they still made is? those. Oh, I can get them right down. Oh, I got I got to look it up because I don't know. It, no. It is, they stand for Grand Ole Opry. They, they, Nashville, Tennessee. It's, a, it's, mm. it's called a Goo Goo Cluster. Grand Ole wow. Opry. And the original is peanuts. has the peanuts, chocolate, and stuff. But you can also get one. With some pecans in it that comes in a gold package. Yeah, yeah, I've had those. More. Yeah, they're, they're good. good. I'm going for the old school. Oh yeah, the, the pecan. Fuck, you can't go wrong with pecan or pecan syrup or any of that stuff, you know. Mm -hmm. But um, I, I still like the original white package. Nashville, Tennessee, Grand Ole Opry, Goo Goo Cluster. So Tim, send me a Wonder Bar some of those chips Nate was talking about. And I'll oh, send those you are some the best. Goo Goo Clusters. Uh, you don't get them, Nate, near you. 
Um, I mean, maybe if I looked a little closer. Okay. But I haven't tractor, really looked lately. Uh, what uh, Tractor Supply has them. Oh, then, yeah. There's one right right up the hill yeah, from me here. Tractor so. Supply has them, man. Okay. Um, they're a seasonal thing, so, you, you know, um, check them out now because they may not – it may be more yeah. towards uh, Christmas. See, I wish I could send Tim – and Jeremy, even Bobby, because you'll know this: yeah. the West Virginia specialty. I wish I could send him a pepperoni roll. Oh God, yeah, there you go. Yeah, <laughs> well, those are the those are the bomb. Yeah, any that's a West Virginia treat, station, Jeremy. What, what are you going to do at three o'clock in the morning <laughs> at an all night gas station? Get a fucking pepperoni roll and a bottle. That's of right. And roll on. That is. That's <laughs> it, man. Yeah. Okay. I've. I've. There's a huge page on it right here. And it's a thing very particular to West Virginia. Um, but, Nate, because of my heart condition, I cannot eat that much uh, sodium. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, that's a letdown. Uh, so, you know, I'm on like eight different um, blood pressure meds because my natural resting blood pressure is 211 over like 115. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. <laughs> oh, Somebody oh. double up the Zestriel for Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's um, it's it's ridiculously high, and I gotta like watch all the salt and everything I eat, and you know, it's um. Now, if I know I'm gonna have something like this, I can prep and not do. I can skip all sorts of other shit for a while to have one of these, though. Yeah, uh, yeah. One one pepperoni roll, man. I, it's worth skipping a couple of yeah. things. What you say, Nate? They're pretty good. Yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, you I just mean, gotta make sure you get one that's not nothing but bread right you gotta have a good you don't want one too doughy exactly okay you come if you you come out this way jeremy i'll i'll hook you up okay i'll hook you up i'll make you a homemade one well see so i got i got things i like to do when i travel and and food and booze are like my two things i like to check out the most you gotta take Um, you to hillbilly hot dogs um, yeah. yeah, I mean, whatever the local fare is. See, that's one of the reasons I loved Vancouver so much, because you could literally walk a 20-mile straight line and just go bar, restaurant, cafe, bar, restaurant, cafe, bar, restaurant, cafe. Nice. Uh, yeah. About 20 miles apart between here, bar, cafe, restaurant. Yeah, really. <laughs> we put all the Throw bars in places four, where the cops don't want to go. Say four or five churches in a row. <laughs> oh, yeah. Maybe a fast food restaurant. Three banks in a row. <laughs> well, you know, it's liquor store. <laughs> Bobby, it is very important to me to have access to churches when I travel. It's um, yeah. <laughs> well, then you're coming to the right place. The well, buckle of the Bible Belt. Did you know I actually live next to the town that is the per capita church capital of America? Wow. Turlock, California. Yeah. I'm are, surprised. Yep. Because there's enough churches around here. I figured it would definitely be right here. Yep. Nope. It's um. See, you guys, what it is is down there is you guys have like you know Southern Baptist, First Baptist, Second Baptist. You all you're, you're all like kind of clustered, right? Yeah. Up here we've got uh, Eastern Orthodox, Catholics, Baptists, uh, Mennonites, uh, Assyrian churches. So we've got all these religions, and then each with like a temple, like every other block, and then a Sikh mm. temple here, and this, that, and the other. So we've got. A very diverse number of religions all real close together in Turlock. And I live in what is the Bible Belt of California. Ah, okay. Yeah. Um, guys, I think we are going to wrap yes. up right here because I have a feeling we could bullshit like this till midnight. And I'm not editing a fucking 10 hour show. I <laughs> <laughs> understand. Out what you have to, man. Cut yeah. out what you have yeah, to. Yeah, cut out what you need to. It's just. Guys, having a good time. When we're off the air, I do have one thing I want to tell you guys. Sure thing. Well, let's let me go ahead and do the wrap up real quick. Bobby, you got anything to say before we wrap up? No, my normal stuff, man. Listen seriously. Take care of each other out there. Um, 
be careful out there still guys and girls. And then more importantly, <coughs> excuse me, take care of yourself, man. Take care of your own mental health. I have to tell myself that. That's why I do it every week as a reminder to myself as well. Don't be so damn hard on yourself and uh, cut yourself some slack sometimes, man. Um, and when you're dealing with your own mental health, uh, take care of yourself. Nate, anything to say before we go? Bobby, you really need to go pick my cousin up from that food pantry. <laughs> she can't walk with all that milk and bread. As soon as I get $40, I will. Uh, <laughs> well, that all being said, anybody listening, if you know Lance Storm, have him get a hold of me. I'd love talking about corner gas sometime. Um, for the Latex Johnson, myself, Professor Jeremy Vilmer, for uh, Nate from Wide Men Can't Jump and your local radio station out there in West Virginia, and... Arn Anderson's favorite enhancement talent. Double B, Bobby Blaze, the reinforcer. Bye-bye, everybody. <laughs>